0: Hey, good morning. It's uh, lovely to be here with you and with all of you online. Hello. Uh, also, special good morning to those of you who sit in darkness because to you there will be a great light. Uh, apparently, not right now, but, uh, There's a glitch in this quick time hold, so if you have a headlamp, bring it out. My name is Brian Litzenberger and I have been a 1st here at Trinity for the past 20 years, I believe. I'm a psychologist, husband, and father of two who are now 12 and 15, both of them baptized residents. You have been our companions on this journey, and we are grateful. Over the years, you may have seen me in a variety of roles here, singing in the choir, reading, directing Christmas pageants, But recently you may not have seen me much, because starting this past Lent, I have become what I have been calling an itinerant lay minister in our diocese, residing for a season of the church year in various parishes, co-leading series of forums with clergy, discerning with parishes where God is calling them now. For example, I am about to spend November and December at St. Paul's in Mayhead, with a certain priest you might know, asking the question, What is God giving birth to in you? From which we will be building an intergenerational, parish wide Christmas pageant. Your prayers are welcome. I will also be here with you for this coming Lent, exploring, among other things, the gift of absolution, and it's going to be fun. As a psychologist, And as a Christian, discernment has come to play a powerful role in much that I do. How is God calling us forward in life? How is God being revealed through our lives? How can we nurture, live into, and offer the gift of love that was placed in our hearts at our birth? And so I was really happy to discover that today we would be hearing the story of Zacchaeus. As I sat with it in preparation, I became curious about his story. How did he come to be this person up in a tree, hoping to see Jesus? We know some things about Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector in Jericho, and this was territory occupied by Roma. Tax collector, he would have had the responsibility of managing lesser tax collectors and then then funneling money back to Rome. Jericho was the center for the production of balsam, and there would have been a lot of money passing through there. We can assume that he was a very rich and very busy person. And so now, why is he out there trying to? We also know that people didn't like them. Tax collectors were seen as traitors, extracting money from the locals to support their own oppression. Tax collectors' salaries if you will were to be extracted by overcharging those taxes. Once Rome was paid off, the rest was yours. They were condemned by the rabbinic ex- excommunicated as unable to use the temple bank. So you've got to really want this job. You have to not care about its costs. Or perhaps, maybe, you were made an offer that you couldn't refuse. On some level, on many levels, it must have been rough. The deeper into it you got, the more isolated you were, the more heated and rejected. You may be rich, but at the end of the day, he didn't have much else, and so I wonder what got Zacchaeus to come out that day. We are told that he wanted to see Jesus. You picture this, wanting to see Jesus, but seeing him would do. I've had a few celebrities sightings in my life, Sigourney Weaver being one of my personal favorites. Something well, shifts when we go from thinking about what we have heard and learned about a person to actually seeing them. They become more real. You see how they walk, look, move, speak. It's different when it's live and in person. Zacchaeus wanted to deepen his relationship with Jesus. So here's hears that Jesus is passing through Jericho. We're told that Zacchaeus was, a, was short in stature, and that in order to see Jesus over the crowd, he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree. Have you seen sycamore trees? Ever driven along Memorial Drive in Cambridge down near the monastery? These are big trees. I'm six two, and the lowest branches are on the trees are well over my head. And there's the kids, a short guy getting himself all the way up this tree. That must have been something to see. There must have been something to achieve. The kind of experience where you had to dig down deep and work for it. And somewhere in him, there was this fire, this motivation, this perhaps calling. I suppose he could really have pushed his way to the front of the crowd, for sure there were those who did, elbowing and squirming to get a better vantage point. Zacchaeus so doesn't make this choice, maybe in order to avoid the potentially unpleasant interactions with people who hated him, and so he was up a tree, able to see Jesus but remaining at a distance. A distance that underscored his position in the community, his outcast status, his isolation. This is the best that he's got. Driven forward to connect and to deepen his relationship with Jesus, but unable to go any farther because of his situation, his fears, his avoidance, the result of his choices that he has made, and perhaps, I wonder, because of his fame. And so, despite all of this, he goes out on a limb for Jesus. And Jesus sees him, names him, calls him down, invites himself to dinner, I may have to run in the bathroom, yeah. and claims him as a member of the tribe, up there in that tree, leaves and branches, and there in the midst is this random guy looking at Jesus. And Jesus looks back. Zacchaeus has come as far as he can, and Jesus brings him the rest of the way. Now, Zacchaeus says two things. That he will give half of his possessions to the poor, and that if he has defrauded anyone, he will pay them back four times over. I'm caught by that if, if I have defrauded anyone, and I wonder if this if doesn't suggest that perhaps he hasn't. Can we imagine for a moment that he was actually a good guy, not defrauding and extorting? but perhaps trapped by the circumstances of his life. So I'll let you in on a little detail. The name of the teist means pure and innocent. For so the Son of Man came to seek out and to save the lost. Not bad, but lost. Who among us has not at some point been lost, been out in a room, perhaps made a bad decision and gotten stuck as it played out, options limited, feeling increasingly trapped, taking care of yourself as best you know how, given the options and possibilities you can see, having a problem in a relationship. With substances, a business decision, having said yes too much and getting so overwhelmed with obligations that you neglect yourself, you find yourself out on a limb and you looking for Jesus. And here's the deal Jesus is looking back at you, Jesus calls you down. Jesus knows the love that you carry in your heart. He calls you into community and into a deeper relationship with Him. I have this powerful memory. I was 14 or 15 years old, and I'm standing with a friend from school in the rain in Portland, Oregon. It's dark and cold, and we're holding a bag. Of Chinese takeout, looking up at our friend who was waving back at us from a window on the fifth floor of a hospital. Let's call her Louise. Louise was a freshman in high school and at this time was on a locked site board. That evening, my friend and I had taken the bus downtown gone to our favorite Chinese restaurant in the Galleria, gotten the food and then taking another bus out to the hospital with the hope of hearing it was heard, but they wouldn't let us in. wouldn't let us see her. So we divided up the food, left some for her, and waited to see her from the ground outside. Louise's parents were caught up in their own problems laughing in compassion and unable to make a connection with her, she was cutting and abusing substances and had run away from home. She was living in the basements of apartment buildings, sleeping on old mattresses, spare changing, as it was called, to get money from strangers. At some point, things fell apart even further, and she wound up hospitalized. What went wrong at this point was that her treatment was focusing on her diagnoses, not on what they revealed. She was being treated so that she could ultimately decrease her symptoms and go home to the place where it all started. No one was understanding that what she was showing to the world was how bad things had gotten for her, how trapped hopeless she had become. They didn't understand that at 15 years old, sleeping on a used mattress in a damp basement in Northwest Portland was the best that she could do. She had, despite everything, despite everything, this deep drive to find a future. But she was up a three. Had it gone as far as My friend and I waved goodbye and stolingly made our way down the street. She walked over and broke into the church where I grew up to have dinner. We stayed there in the hospital for weeks after, and then a miracle happened. Family friends of ours intervened, and she moved in with them. And they saved her life. She finished high school and became a fashion designer for local bands. She went on to have two children, one of whom is deaf, and she subsequently established and ran two bilingual English and ASL preschools. Her creativity and her love infuse all that she does, and many have reached that. Louise and Zacchaeus. Both responded to what was inside of them that kept them moving forward. And there, reaching back, was Jesus. May we also, when we realize that we are too far down a dark road, find the light that lives inside of us, the love that was born into us. May we find the strength and gulps and moxie and a that gets us to climb that tree. Not our perfect selves, but the best we can do with the power that we have in the face of the limitations we experience, to climb out on that limb in faith, knowing that Jesus is there, that we will be found Called by name, blessed children of God, members of the tribe, welcome at the table, seen and known, healed and made whole.